What it is, RJLA family. I am Angela Birdsong, your conversation piece host on Radio Justice LA Morning Wake Up Call at radiojustice.org for something new or unusual to talk about for stimulating conversation for you on the bus, train, plane, or simply at the water cooler or in Cubicle Nation. Today, we have Conversation Peace Roadshow, live from the 27th Annual Pan-African Film and Arts Festival in Los Angeles, California. Established in 1992, PATH showcases a broad spectrum of black creative arts, works with over 170 films, and 100-plus fine artists. Boasting as the largest film festival, and the largest Black History Month celebration in the United States, we are going on the front scenes of PATH with Art Fest featured artists and designers P.Q. Brown and Baba Asa Jifu of Timbuktu Art Colony with Art Fest director and curator Alan Albania. Welcome to Conversation Piece. We'll be right back. I'm Angela Birdsong, your host on Conversation Piece, and I am still at the Pan-African Film and Arts Festival right here at the Crenshaw Baldwin Hills Mall in Los Angeles. And guess who I have with me today? I have the Art Fest director and curator, Alan Abena. Alan Abena, please introduce introduce yourself Mm -hmm. and tell me, how did you become the Art Fest director and curator for this wonderful 100-plus fine artist um, exhibit that we have right here. Yes, I am uh, originally from Ghana. Yeah. When I came to the U- U.S., I was also an artist, just like anybody here. But then uh, when the festival organizers see the way I put my stuff up, uh, you know, they really saw that I, I'm somebody who can really uh, you know, help other artists rather come together. And I was given the role to be the one kind of producing and curating everyone. And I've been doing that for almost 20 years now. I'm getting better at it. And as you can see, uh, everything is well uh, curated. Yeah, uh, we're just waiting for people to come and, and, and support the artists. And it does. It's beautiful here. And, and those of you guys who have never been to... The Arts Fest right here, you should come and check this out. This is So you've been associated with this for 20 years. Yes. So you came in in what year? <laughs> <laughs> My mouth is bad. <laughs> yeah, I believe uh, 2002, thereabouts. Yeah. Right. So what should people look forward to, if not this year, but for the upcoming year? We do, we're trying to do some changes, uh, trying to get uh, other artists from, uh, you know, more outside uh, the United States. Because what we have here right now is like 80% people from here. And as time goes on, I've been able to bring some artists from Nigeria, uh, five of them, and a couple of artists from Ghana. You see them upstairs. And then uh, that is actually changing the face of the festival. Because uh, a festival really don't have to be predictable. You must always try to find uh, other artists 
you know, from other places just to bring a new uh, energy into the show. So what I believe people will be seeing more next year is actually some new artists that are coming from outside this United States. I'm um, getting some artists from um, Africa, Europe, and as well as a couple of artists from Canada. Now, you've been doing this for 20 years. You're an artist yourself. Yeah. Is any of your art on display here? Not really, because uh, it takes really a lot uh, to run an art festival in a mall, which is a corporate you know, setup, so many rules, and you have to have somebody really looking over and making sure that uh, our, our hosts are actually uh, happy. Uh, but, you know, I do other shows uh, outside. Mm-hmm. Oh, where, where are some of your other shows? Well, personally, I do... Uh, shows in New Orleans, especially the New Orleans Jazz Festival. They have, uh, you know, five different markets. Uh, market for, you know, works uh, coming from international uh, sources, as well as uh, market for local people. So I pretty much exhibit in uh, the section called the Congo Square, which is basically, uh, you know, artists creating things that speaks to the continent of Africa. And this is for the jazz fest that occurs in New Orleans in May? Yeah, in May, in May. You know, I'm actually preparing myself uh, to go there in, uh, in May this year as well. And so you do the Pan-African Film Festival Art Fest. You do the New Orleans Jazz Festival Art Fest. What's the other one that you do also? I do Capital Jazz in uh, Columbia, uh, Maryland. I also do Essence. Essence also have uh, a marketplace for artists. I, I also do that. And I also go to Chicago for the African Festival of the Arts, which is usually in September, Labor Day weekend, more precisely. And so those are the only four shows that I do for the year. Because by the time it's October, I'm back here preparing for this particular show. So it takes about four months to prepare? Yeah, we'll say five months, yeah. Now, if someone wants to have their art on display here, what's the process? Well, you can visit uh, www.paff.org, and then applications are online uh, starting from August. Yeah, so you submit your photos, every requirement online, and then we look at your work, and if you are you know, okay for what we expect, you are written back, and then... If you can pay some of the fees, you then can be part of the festival. What's the range of the fees? Well, it's a 12 days event broken into three different categories. Some people come for the first five days for 900, uh, and some people come for the last seven days for 1,200, and some people do all the 12 days for 1,500. Okay. If, if you want to display your, your yeah, art here. Yeah, what happened is some people uh, can't really be here for 12 days. It's, you know, it's a little challenging for people coming from far away. You know, that's why we thought it would be good just to 
you know, for you, you get a lot of people, you know, be able to do the festival if you can give give them three different choices. Yeah, you know, uh, but the local artists, for the most part, you know, are the people that we see during the twelve days. Yeah. Do you have a favorite artist here? Well, uh, I'm I'm in one of the spots here right now. Aziz uh, is one of my favorite artists because he's the only one in the U.S. that paints the glass painting, which is a reverse technique. When you are painting at the back of glass, you have to do your details before you do your background. Unlike painting on canvas where you do the background before you, you do the details, this particular technique if you paint the background, the details will not show because you are painting at the back of the glass. I don't know whether you follow what I'm saying. I am following. Yeah, you have to do the details to show before you apply your background. Right? Because if yes. you apply the background, the details will be hidden at the back of the background. Okay, so... Yeah, so, so, so it's a reverse technique. Amazing. Of, yeah. So just as a matter of technique, he, he, he becomes one of my favorite artists. Just for the... the yeah, yeah, just for the technique. The, the, the technique. Yeah, right. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very unusual. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So since he's not here, why don't you give out his website? Just what? so people can look that up. <laughs> AzizDiany.com. Aziz is spelled A-Z-I-Z-D-I-A. G-N-E dot com AzizDiany.com He's originally from Senegal but he, he, he lives in Los Angeles yeah. How did you connect with him? Well he was actually here before I came he was part of the festival before I became an artist and then took over as a producer and curator he's been here longer than me Okay, so, and I'm, I'm here looking, and it's azizart.com, A-Z-I-Z-Art.com. So you guys want to check that out. And then, of course, go to path.org to know how to submit yourself as a vendor um, to display your art for the 28th annual for next year. Yes. But now, now, how do people find you if they want to put their art in for the um, New Orleans Jazz Festival or the Columbia um, festival or the Chicago? Well, those, those shows I'm not in charge. They can go actually on what we call Zapplication. Zapplication is kind of a system that contains most of the serious art shows we have in the country. They are more like acting as an agent through whom the artist can apply to other shows. So when you go on their website, this application is just application start with Z, yeah, dot com. Then you get to see all the shows they have, and all, and all the shows they have includes the one that I, I just mentioned to you. But there are actually more than a thousand shows in this application system. So that's how they can get to do other shows as well. But the key is you must have a very professionally taken photo photographs so when you download it they, you know they have to look right because that's the only way they can see who and what you do yeah they're not coming to see your original work 
So you must make sure that uh, the pictures you submit online, uh, you know, from a standpoint of photography, they have the quality. So when they zoom in, they can really see your work. Otherwise, that alone can make them not to, to pick you. You know, they are really concerned about that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I know, I know it's been busy <laughs> for you. Brother Alon, thank you so much for, for giving me your time to, to discuss the Art Fest. Okay, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. listening to Conversation Peace Roadshow. I am your host, Angela Birdsong, with artists from the 27th Annual Pan-African Film and Arts Festival. P.Q. Brown, Timbuktu Art Colony, Baba Asajifu, and Art Fest director, Alan Agbanya. We'll be right back. Angela Birdsong, your conversation piece host, and I am at the Pan-African Film and Arts Festival, and we are going to get some interviews with some of the wonderful artists here at the Art Fest. I know a lot of you guys don't realize that not only is there a film festival, but there is also an Art Fest, and I happen to be here with the wonderful, amazing PQ, who has art that is going to blow your mind if you get and if you're able to get down here or if you're able to go to his website which we will give you shortly you will want to check this out pq introduce yourself and tell us how did you get associated with the pan-african film festival so i'm pq brown i started working with the pan-african film festival about three years ago Uh, they brought me on to do some graphics for them and also offered me a booth uh, and I had such a great time actually celebrating our culture with other artists that look like me and, and so many people that came and supported um, that I, I just had to do it every year after that. So it's, it's been a great time. Now tell us about your path to being an artist. How, what, how did you get started? That's a wonderful thing. Um, I started out, uh, as, as long as I can remember, let me just say this, I can't remember a time when I wasn't painting, when I wasn't drawing, when I wasn't doing something uh, with art. Um, But at some point, I think I made a declaration to my father that I wanted to be an artist. And he's from the old school, um, uh, born in the 20s, and so he thought that that was a frivolous thing to do. Said, yeah, you can't make any money as an artist. You won't make any money until you die. You need to get a real job. So I joined the military, (laughs) of all things. I uh, spent 12 years in the Navy. At some point in my career, I realized that art was my, was my passion. And um, I, just, I, I was a medic, 
and converted from a medic in the, in the Navy and became an illustrator, uh, which is a very hard transition. But uh, thank God I was able to do that, you know, pretty smoothly. And I've been on the, on the path as an artist ever since. Who did you first illustrate for? I illustrated literally for the Navy. So I, I actually was, um, did all kind of signs and logos and banners uh, for them. That was, my, that was my fun job. My tactical job was I actually uh, did maps and created uh, directions and diagrams and those kind of things for them. Um, but my first illustrating was actually for uh, a lot of Navy captains and officers and things like that. Did you study art in school? I did. Uh, after I left the Navy, I ended up going to the Art Institute of California in San Diego. Um, it, it was uh, an interesting thing because initially, out of high school, I was offered an, uh, a scholarship to the Art Institute of Chicago. And um, remembering the words of my father that I couldn't make any money as an artist, I actually turned the scholarship down, and that's when I joined the military. So. It's, it's, it, was, it was pretty good. I actually only um, got an associate's degree from the Art Institute of California before I had to get back to work. I um, uh, had five children at the time, and so I needed to make sure I was bringing some, uh, some money home. <laughs> now, when did you start to freestyle with your artistic ability? That took years. Uh, I, I did a lot of graphic design. I worked for a lot of companies. Um, not only as a, as a graphic designer or, and an illustrator, but I also worked for Disney and Legoland, Knott's Berry Farm, uh, so many other, other theme parks. I, I also worked down in Venice Beach doing caricatures, airbrushing, and doing different things like that. Um, so um, it, it was years before I kind of found my place as an artist and was able to transition into to doing freestyle work and things that really made sense to me. Now, before you got into your, your freestyling with your art, you, you mentioned Disney and Oxbury Farm. What did you do for them? Caricatures. So I drew caricatures for, um, for the theme parks. I worked with a, a, a company that had different um, outlets in, in the, diff, the various theme parks. And so all day long I was drawing caricatures for the guests as they would come. And it was a great training ground because not only did I get an opportunity to draw all day, but also got a great opportunity to, to draw different things and to work with uh, amazing artists uh, and to learn different personalities and what people actually wanted in art and the things that they would look for. And I, I was very fortunate to be able to a precedent that I don't know if any too, too many other artists had. I never got a rejection while I worked in the theme parks. I never had a, a, a customer or a client say, I don't like this painting. So that was amazing. That was amazing. And that's always a great form of, of um, encouragement when your art is being appreciated at, at the, I guess, at the client level, right? Exactly. It's, it's always, um, that was, it, it was like I said, it was a really great training ground because then I got to a, a chance to be able to understand what people are looking for and, and actually how to connect with them in a, in a more of a spiritual way, more than just being able to get a pretty picture that they liked. Now, and you said that you um, did some graphic work for the Pan-African Film Festival about three years ago. And from what I understand, you were responsible for the cover of their booklet. How did that come about? 
that came about I, just a friend said hey the Pan-African Film Fest is looking for an illustrator and, and a graphic designer and so not only did I do the cover of the book I, I did all of their print media um, uh, for 2017 I did the uh, all of the t-shirts that went out all of the banners uh, I did the entire souvenir book and I did the entire uh, uh, film uh, book that, that shows the, the various films that go in there. So it was a lot of work and, and all of that was kind of truncated into a very small period of time. I think it was about a month and a half that we did a lot of things that, that a lot of film festivals have a, an, an entire uh, department that handles that but uh, I just had my colleague to help me and we got it done so it was, it was a wonderful opportunity and experience. And that was in 2017. So you said a friend introduced you to, I guess, who, Babu or who? Actually, they just told me, hey, there's uh, some, the Pan-African Film Fest is looking for someone. Call this number. And so I called. I didn't know who to expect, but I talked to uh, Santiwa, and she told me to come in, and I, I had a, a, a good sit-down with her, and she gave me the expectations, and it was on from that point on. And you said a month, so you were talking about what, 12-hour days, 15-hour oh, days? Oh, absolutely, 12, 15-hour days. We, we stayed into, through the night sometimes. Uh, sometimes it seemed like 18, 24-hour days because we, we, we'd order food and just work, 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 work. And it, it, was, it was a great opportunity to, to find out what I'm capable of doing because I, 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 prior to that, I never put it together a book in less than uh, three, six months, but... We, we put an entire souvenir book together in probably three weeks. <laughs> right, and that's, was that their 25th anniversary? It was. It was a 25th anniversary, so that, that was even more uh, uh, important to, to be able to, to, to make something that was significant for uh, the occasion. So now prior to their 25th anniversary, were you a vendor um, prior to 2017? No, I wasn't. I, I always looked at the vendors, vendors and wondered what it took to become a vendor. Um, I always wished that I could have uh, some work. But the other thing is, is kind of like a, um, a wonderful thing uh, that, that took place. I was also not able to vend prior to that because I didn't have a body of work. I, I'd been doing so much work. Uh, I, I always say that I was a consumer artist. I did so much work for other people. I did lots of commissions and murals in people's homes and things like that. But I hadn't done much work for myself. And I just started using my own voice uh, probably a year prior to that. So fortunately, I had, a, I had something to say when the, when the opportunity availed itself to me. Rather interesting. So how long have you been attending the Pan-African Film Festival prior to being hired to to paint their, um, to do the graphic arts for their souvenir booklet, t-shirts, etc. For the 25th anniversary of the Pan-African Film and Arts Festival, that's the first year you were a vendor. Now, the first year you were a vendor, how many pieces of art did you have? And did you have this art already? Or was that something you was working on in that month also? Fortunately, my art was all ready. <laughs> That's true. And I think, I, I would imagine that I had about 15 pieces ready at that point. Um, I wasn't sure how to show them. I wasn't sure if they would even play well. And to my surprise and, and appreciation of my own, you know, just I was just so elated. That people loved my work, so right off the bat, it just really resonated with people. Um, and 
my my signature pieces at that time were the Prince and Michael Jackson pieces that I did. One, the the Michael Jackson piece is called "Remember the Time," um, and it's a, a, a an image of Michael Jackson as a little baby boy, not as a baby boy, but as a boy. And then uh, the Prince piece is of Prince uh, a few years before his demise, um, and that's called Seven. So those two pieces were really hot as far as everybody wanted to get a print of those, and I, and I was really excited about that. Um, now I'm, I don't I don't even know what my body of work is. Uh, I'm well over a hundred pieces of artwork since then. Um, that and I, 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 it's no way I can show all of my artwork now. Wow, congratulations on that. So you went from 15 pieces to over 100 where you can't even display all of them here. Do you, you have a, so um, I think this is a good place to let people know about your website because when people are listening to the radio show, they're sort of interactive with their phones and their laptops and would like to Google and look up people. What is your website? www.pqartist.com. Now, PQ is spelled P-E-Q-U-E, then artist, A-R-T-I-S-T. www.pqartist.com and there I have a gallery there and it shows a good a good uh, quantity of my artwork so um, yeah that's that's where to find me Okay, so let's take a, a, a break. You're listening to the Conversation Piece. I'm your host, Angela Birdsong, and I am at the Pan African Film and Arts Festival, um, 27th annual, for, for this 12 day PATH experience. And we'll be right back with more from PQ Brown. The 27th Annual Pan-African Film and Arts Festival in Los Angeles, California, which reinforces positive images and helps to advance cultures, races, and lifestyles. Welcome back to Conversation Peace Roadshow. I'm your host, Angela Birdsong, with interviews with artists P.Q. Brown, Team Timbuktu Art Colony, Baba Asa Jifu, and Art Fest Director, Alan Abenya.
Welcome back to Conversation Piece. I'm your host, Angela Birdsong, and I am at the world, at the nation's largest black film festival and the largest Black History Month celebration in the United States, the Pan-African Film and Arts Festival. And we have a few more questions for PQ Brown, who is so graciously giving me this time while we're here at the Crenshaw Baldwin Hills Mall for the Art Fest, where you will find 100-plus fine artists and I think I believe they say over a hundred thousand people come here to visit. So PQ, before the break, we know that you went from 15 pieces to over 100 pieces, where all of them cannot be displayed here. Tell us about just the progression of your pieces going from Michael Jackson and Prince to where you are now. So I, f- I found uh, my voice, and, and that's important. Um, I wasn't creating artwork before because I didn't really know what to do. I was just trying to, to mimic things that I'd seen other people do, other artists um, um, of the time. Once I found my voice, I just began to really uh, create more pieces that told stories. And while m- most of my work is portraiture, I, I have a, 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 the ability just through experience and years of of painting to be able to do a lot of things. And so I try to incorporate um, landscapes and other things inside the portraiture. I try to to tell the stories, the deeper stories, than just, you know, a a, a picture of someone's face. uh, There's so much more that's going on. And I try to weave those those images in and out of of, um, the paintings that I create uh, so that people can find, if you look at, for instance, and, and again, I'll, I'll refer to the Remember the Time piece of Michael Jackson. If you look at that piece, there's actually five images of Michael Jackson in that piece. Um, and it tells the story. And the reason it was even named Remember the Time is because it, it, it's about where Michael Jackson came from. And some people look at that painting and they go, now that's my Michael Jackson. Well, I think they all are. They're all of our Michael Jacksons, every version of it. But we always remember that little boy that started out, you know, so cute and, and all that he did. And that's, that's the thing that I want to do. I want people to have, uh, I want them, the pieces that I do to be evocative. I want people to look and feel something from them. So. Okay, now what are your favorite pieces? Or, and before we get to your favorite pieces, what's your favorite piece to, for the process of drawing it and, and, and putting color and life to it? Oh, my goodness. You know what? My paintings are like children, and it's really hard to say which one of my children are are my favorites. I I love to, if I can try to to answer this question, it's so difficult. I love to to do things that, to, to mix different styles. So I like to do multimedia, one. So I paint with airbrush, I paint. Um, with marker, with, with acrylic paint. And I like to mix those styles to, to get different feels and different textures with the paintings. Um, I love to see detail. Uh, and so that's what I do. I, I create detail, but I try to do it in, in such a way um, that it's, uh, it feels natural and not just like I just, just try to add a, a bunch of things in there. Um, my favorite piece right now, if I had to say, it would be the piece that I, that I call uh, Taking a Knee for Injustice. Uh, uh, or against, I'm sorry, Taking a Knee Against Injustice, which is the Colin Kaepernick piece uh, that I did. So that would be my favorite piece. How long ago did you 
do that one after he began his protest against police brutality? I held off on that piece. I immediately saw the piece in my head when, when he started his protest. But I held off on that piece because I didn't know if I was ready to take a stand with Colin. Um, not publicly, at least. Um, but realizing the sacrifice that this man made and, and all that he has gone through, the scrutiny and, and the loss of his career, the loss of income, and uh, the constant uh, haranguing that he's been taking in the media. Uh, I realized that I need to do that, and that was about two to three months ago that I actually started painting and finished it in time for the festival. Um, and, and so it was, it was it's, I love the piece that I created, and, and that's kind of hard. Anybody that knows me generally will say he doesn't like anything he does because um, I'm, I'm my worst critic. Um, but I, I just really love the piece because I really, I really feel that. And I've had, I, I had a lady the other day just sit there and she teared up, and I, and I was just I was blown away because she looked at the piece and she got everything out of it that I, that I could ever hope for. It, it made her feel something. It, it, she really felt something. So tell me about the colors and, and the feel that, you, that, that, you're, that you're trying to evoke from people when they look at that piece. So um, I, I tend to paint, um, I blend colors a lot of times because I, I, I want to kind of, as I'm telling the story, I want you to kind of feel... Um, the dreaminess of it. I want you to, to be taken back in time with with the painting, um, and it's specifically um, the goal is that you are really just taken to a place. A place. It, it, hopefully, it's 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 a chronicle of someone's life or an event that's taken place. So that that's the goal. And this is your your most recent piece before. Um, the Art Fest here at the Pan-African Film Festival. Yes, that's the most recent piece before the festival, the Colin Kaepernick piece is, is actually it. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. About sales. How, how are sales here at the Art Fest since you've been a vendor? Have you seen, is there an ebb and flow? Is it, is it more during the anniversary year? What, what, how, how does the, the, the sales of, for, for the fine artists here? It's been an ebb and flow. Um, I, I have done well every year. A little, a little bit less this year, but it's, it's hard to say because this is the Friday before <laughs> the, the close of the show. So once the... the it, it will be Sunday before I know how well we did because it's always a rush at the end for people to buy pieces. And I think this is probably the most powerful piece that I've created uh, for this show. And I think that it's, it's going to have a, a, a huge uh, impact on people. Um, I know that a lot of artists have, have done just as well as, they, as they've done in years past. Some maybe not so much, but it really just depends on uh, the people. And, I, and we, of course, we've had rain this year. We've, we've had rain, and that's, that's definitely had an effect on, on the show. But now that we've got some sun, I'm expecting that we'll do well uh, as we close out the show. Okay, now tell me about some of your other pieces here. I'm, I'm sitting here looking. Oh, for instance, like the piece that you have on your business card that is right here next to us. But the little girls look like they're in a southern town. I'm not sure where they are. T tell me about this piece. So this piece is called Mount Bayou. Mound. 
M-O-U-N-D, Bayou, which is um, the place where the original photograph that I painted from was from. It's actually a Howard Bingham, uh, the, the, the great artist Howard Bingham took the original picture, and he licensed me to be able to actually paint the mural of it uh, at Watts Labor Community Action Committee in, in Watts. Um, so it's it, in a room that represents his artwork and if, in a building that's named after him, which is the Howard Bingham Multimedia Institute. I was able to paint up, uh, uh, to, or to recreate a painting of Howard Bingham's work. How amazing is that? That is amazing. But let our let our conversation piece um, co- um, audience know who is Howard Bingham, just in case they don't know. So Howard Bingham is an amazing photographer who just recently passed. Um, he was Muhammad Ali's best friend and um, his personal photographer. And you cannot have lived on the earth over the, any time over the last you know 50 years and not know Howard Bingham's work. You've seen it somewhere, whether it was a picture of Muhammad Ali or um, the Black Panthers or um, the Time magazine, the Life magazine, different pieces he's done for Kodak and he's worked for everyone. You've actually seen Howard Bingham's work somewhere. And I, and I have the honor of saying that he was a friend of mine, or at least I, con- I considered him a friend. I hope he considered me a friend as well. Right. Now, um, before we end this interview, what type of um, words of encouragement or advisement would you have for anyone who has an artistic um, gift to paint, to draw? What should they do? Where should they go? What's, what's the discipline involved? Paint, draw, do whatever it is that you have a passion for. Don't wait for someone to tell you whether you're good or not. If that's what your passion is, do it. Quick, just one brief story that that's that I'll tell. When I was uh, when I was in the seventh grade, my mother's friend was an art teacher. She was he was actually the art teacher at the the middle school that I was attending, and. He saw the first piece that I put together, and he didn't think that I was too good. And he said, you know, maybe you should try choir or band class. Maybe you should try something else. Now, I know that sounds terrible to some people, but he was only trying to do what he thought was best. But I knew in my heart of hearts that I was an artist. I knew that I, had, that I wanted to create art. So I didn't let that deter me. I went home that summer and I drew out of every magazine I could find. And I drew and I drew and I drew and I drew. And the next time that I had an interaction with, a, with an art teacher, was, which, which was in the ninth grade, um, the art teacher, the first assignment that he, that he gave us, he looked at my work and he just stopped and he just said, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And that told me something, that if you persevere... You can do whatever it is that you want. If you, and, and this goes beyond art. Whatever it is that you endeavor to do, do it. Do it to the best of your ability. And find people who can help you do it better. If you, it, don't, don't let someone else tell you that you're not good enough. Don't let someone else say that you can't do it. Because you can do whatever is in your heart to do. All right. <laughs> That's some good advice for sure for, for all of us. And, and it appears that when I, when I get a chance to interview people, everyone has a story where there was a snag in their journey and they had to clear that hurdle and really listen to that inner voice. So I'm so glad, PQ, you, you listened to that inner voice. 
are any of your children, are any of them artists? It seems like all of my children have some artistic ability, um, whether it's actually visual art or dancing, singing. All of my children have are doing something with art. So I, I, I have I have five four, four biological children and five um, uh, stepchildren, and they're all doing something related to the arts. So, yes, they're all doing it. Wonderful, beautiful. Thank you so much for your time. Once again, give us your contact information and how we can find your art. And I don't know, are you, do you, have, are you a mentor also? <laughs> yes, I work, with a, I work with a lot of young people, uh, helping them with the arts. I actually have a group. I'll tell you two, two, two things. Theliquidproject.com. That's one thing, theliquidproject.com. I'm working with a lot of youth. Uh, we've, we've done a, um, amazing work with kids in Watts, and actually literally all over the country, uh, using art to help teach uh, life lessons. Uh, and also pqartist.com, so P-E-Q-U-E-A-R-T-I-S-T.com and theliquidproject.com, and you'll find me somewhere. <laughs> okay, so... We were going to end until you brought up the liquidproject.com. Just a little bit more about the liquidproject.com. Um, wh- when did that start? How many students? H- how do they enroll? Tell us about it. Let me tell you, the Liquid Project, is, 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 that's my pet project. That's more than even me creating live art and, and all the things that I do. The Liquid Project is a group of artists that, um, that I was able to bring together. Uh, when I say artists, I mean dancers, singers, musicians, uh, spoken word artists, rappers, uh, poets, all, all kind of things, as well as visual artists. And we come together, and we initially started 12 years ago. We would get on stage and create these live performances. Actually, we started in the church, and we moved, we broadened our horizons. We've been to London, we've been to Chicago, we've been all over uh, the country, uh, and we've gotten a chance to uh, work, do workshops. So... It's not a specific group of kids, but we've done workshops where we teach kids the various arts that we know how to do, and then we have them put on a performance, and it's generally helping them to discover their purpose. Um, So that's what the Liquid Project is about. All right, so you guys heard about this, the liquidproject.com for more information on how to get your youth involved to um, exploit, enhance their talents and their gifts, whether it's with the pen, the, the art, the, the airbrush, <laughs> the art brush, spoken word, dance, song, music, etc. And of course, to look at the wonderful art that PQ Brown has, go to pqartist.com. That's P-E-Q-U-E artist.com. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you uh, just giving me the opportunity to tell about what we do. Yes. I'm Angela Birdsong. You're listening to Conversation Piece on RadioJustice.org. We'll be back with more from the Pan-African Film and Arts Festival right here at the Crenshaw Baldwin Hills Mall in Los Angeles.
the 27th Annual Pan-African Film and Arts Festival in Los Angeles, California, which reinforces positive images and helps to advance cultures, races, and lifestyles. Welcome back to Conversation Peace Roadshow. I'm your host, Angela Birdsong, with interviews with artists PQ Brown, Team Timbuktu Art Colony, Baba Asa Jifu, and Art Fest director, Alan Abenya. I'm Angela Birdsong with Conversation Piece on RadioJustice.org. I am at still at the Pan-African Film and Arts Festival here in Los Angeles, and I am with one of the vendors here that was highly recommended by Brother Alan Abena, who is the Art Fest director. I have with me Baba Asajifu. He is the curator and the owner of Timbuktu. Please tell me how you got associated with Pan-African Film Festival and how did you get started doing jewelry? Big question. Big question. Um, the young men behind me are not my sons. They're my grandsons. I'm 73 years old. So in coming from a very good family, I was expected to do some things that I didn't want to do, like go to school to get a degree in divinity and go on and become a pastor because that's, that's basically what we did but uh, I didn't I refused to go to college I was rebellious and uh, I got drafted and it was either go into the army go to Canada or go to jail and I wasn't going to do any of that so I went in the army I thought it was an adventure and it was changed my life Okay. so when I came home I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania born in Washington, D.C. and perfected my craft in um, New York City, uh, Harlem. So, as I began to watch the young fellas put those red, black, and green beads on the copper wire and sell them for 2 or $3, I said, I'll be doggone, I can do that. You know, I can do that. that. That looks like something easy. I didn't realize that life is not about easy or hard. Life is about balance and choosing what is the best. When they asked the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, if he was the best, you have more minutes in playing time than anyone, more points than anyone. You're in the top 10 in rebounds. Are you the best? He said, um, it's not important to be the best. It's important to be considered one of the best by those who are the best. So this is how I pursued what it is that I was trying to achieve. The great Vince Lombardi said, you come here today in search of perfection. Knowing full well we'll never achieve that level on this plane. But I would expect that if you pay attention to what I'm telling you, at some point you will be able to have the opportunity to internalize excellence. So I took all that and put it into what I was doing. And in Vietnam, I was not a grunt. I was a commander. I was in a, a command position. And I missed all that when I got back. Not killing people or anything like that. Just the idea of being organized and having things in a position where we didn't get hurt. We weren't trying to do anything to anybody once we found out what was really going on. So the same thing happens here. We always get what we need because we're not trying to do anything to anybody we have no business doing. So art then became the personification of any given culture. That culture is a collective of greater understanding to achieve a level that takes people into a greater thought pattern. Like, 
from the humdrum, routine, mundane, redundant reality, we go into the art world with something every day is different, okay? Uh, 90% of the people in this country wake up every day and go do something that they hate. They go to work and they only go there because they're getting paid, not because they're achieving, building, or putting anything into a proper position to understand what's in our best interest. Proper knowledge for the proper purpose, Angela, will always give us the proper direction. Okay? Let me say that again. The proper knowledge for the proper purpose will always give us the proper direction in which to move. Now, Who gave you the proper knowledge to do such beautiful jewelry? The ancestral lineage. Our connection with Africa. Okay? Now, what does that mean? That means the original question that you asked was, how did I, how did I choose to come here? How did I find out what, what keeps me here? So forth and so on. This is a, this is a montage of visual art in reference to performing art. You don't find that too often. Most of the time when they do that, they're divided, and it creates a problem for one or the other. But here, everything is together. And I think that is the level of consciousness that we're about to try to achieve. And it's okay, Angela, to make a mistake. To make a mistake or make mistakes is to stumble forward faster. The only failure in life is resignation. I wrote that about 35 years ago, and I believe it to be true. So the art world gives credence to the real world. The art world opens the third eye to the dream world. The dream world, Angela, is real, and the real world is but a dream away. So every time I sit down and get started with this, you can see my, my working area in the back. Yes. I'm chasing all the clerical this, that, and the other out of the way so I can sit down and go into the dream world. Because all these designs are not, as you said, vending. I'm not a vendor. I'm a vendor second. I'm an artist first, a craftsman second, and then when I sell the crafted art that I deal with, I'm a vendor. I'm proud to be a vendor, but I'm other than a vendor. I don't sell things that I bought from someone else. I'm constantly creating. You can see all the different gemstones that we feature. Uh, the youth that are involved with me are uh, part, a part of a program that's an incubator reality. I'm teaching teachers to teach better. Cadre. Here you see all the gemstones, the plethora of what it is that we're offering, and 95% of what we offer are gemstones from the Pan-African diaspora. How could I not be here at the Pan-African <laughs> Film Festival? Right. Yeah, How art long division. Have you been coming here. About 16, 17 years. But I've been in business for 48 years. Okay, remember I tell you, I'm old man, but I still feel good. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I want to invite everybody <clears throat> that has the opportunity to come on down. We've got three days left. That's Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. They're the most vital days. And don't worry about the rain. Don't worry about not having money. Don't worry about any of that other than having a good heart and coming and attempt to try to achieve growth. Change, we'll end with that because that's what art is. We'll end with that. Change is inevitable. However, growth is optional. Do you opt to grow? If you do, Come on down to Baldwin Hills. We're going to have a great time here. A real throwdown for the last three days. How do we find you? Um, I have a website. And it's um, www.timbuktuartcolony.com You can also find me in any of the registers of the great theater of film uh, art 
uh, concepts throughout the country. For instance, um, I'm the uh, featured artist at Essence Music Festival in the art area. Okay, I'm at the uh, number one show in the country. That's the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, where I'm the uh, president of the Coindu Coalition of Pioneer Vendors. See, I still, I really am a vendor, but an artist first. I do the Masters with Disney down in Florida. I do the Gold Coast Art Show up in Chicago, where everywhere that people want to be about art, Timbuktu is going to be there. We chose that name real quick, Timbuktu, because when you go into Mali, uh, Coconut Man, right? Don't, be, don't forget to come back and see us. We're here. We're here. We're here. Is live and active right here at the Crenshaw Baldwin Hills Mall, you guys, on Conversation Piece. So we have different artists walking by, and Baba, of course, he knows them. Yeah, they, <laughs> we all know each other. It's, it's a great collective, and, and from the reality of uh, <clears throat> what it is, like I said, we're trying to achieve, we have to recognize our uh, faults and overcome them. Right now, as a people. Uh, we fail to identify ourselves. You know, we colored, uh, we black, we African American, we Africans in America, we Negroes, we niggers, we're a whole bunch of things, but we have not yet identified one concept that really tells who we are. Africa is a European name, it's a Greek name, so that's not necessarily who we are, and then we couldn't be the entire continent because it only came from a small area in West Africa. So who are we? What kind of Africans are we? So in Timbuktu, once the um, Hyksos, the uh, Greeks, and the Romans and the Arabs chased us out of Upper Egypt and the Lower Egypt and across the basin of, at that time, the Ethiopian Sea, which is now the Mediterranean Sea, we went into the interior. They couldn't, they couldn't deal with us there. That's Mali. And from Mali, we trickled down all the way through Nigeria and uh, Ghana and the Gold Coast and, you know, the entire West Coast of Africa. Now, once that happened, we brought the information from uh, Eastern Africa, which is now then in Mali. And the great library city of Timbuktu was where the authors of all the books, it blew my mind, Angela, did not put their names in the books. They were not trying to take credit. They were trying to educate and inform. In the 48 years that I've been in business, unless you ask or request for me to sign anything that I've made, and there are pieces that I've sold that are over $20,000, I don't sign. I feel that's presumptuous. That's going to belong to someone else, and I don't have the right to do that. That's, I didn't say that was the truth. I said that's how I feel. Now, if you ask me to, I will. Timbuktu was the same concept. We're not trying to take credit. We're trying to educate and inform. And I think I've done a pretty good job. You've asked some great questions, and uh, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. It's the end of the day. Yes, ma'am. Baba, thank you so much. Your, your jewelry is, is beautiful. And once again, the website, one more time. www.timbuktuartcolony.com. Let me say this to all the people out there who are a little confused, because many of us are. Many of the gemstones that we deal with here feature the concept of clarity. Clarity, right? And um, our people are looking for clarity, but they don't know how to look. So let me just give this simple concept. When you recognize, Angela, that you are in chaos, well, doggone it, you stand before the doormat to order. Recognition will also give us identification. Identify and recognize. Recognize and identify. Know who you are. Know where you're going. And then you're going to be self-determinant, just, and free. We're looking for absolute truth. 
and Supreme Justice. Come on down to the Baldwin Hills. We're right in front of TJ Maxx, Timbuktu Art Colony. Enjoy the entire thing, the films, the art, and just hang out for a minute. Peace. Peace. You got it. You got it straight from Baba. And yes, we already know that the Pan-African Film Arts Festival, it is a vehicle and aids in the promotion of cultural understanding between peoples of African descent. And you got it straight right here from Baba. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you to my Conversation Piece Roadshow guests for giving me your time at the 27th Annual Pan-African Film and Arts Festival. PQ Brown at pqartist.com. That's P-E-Q-U-E artist.com. Baba Asajifu of TimbuktuArtColony.com. And Art Fest Director Alan Abenya. Go to path.org, P-A-F-F org for more information about the Pan-African Film and Arts Festival. Thank you to Leslie Radford, the powerful force behind RGLA, Adam Rice, Program Director, Joseph Tucker, my engineer and producer, Michael Washington of M. Marceau for the opening and closing theme song, and always you, our RGLA family. Reach us on Radio Justice Facebook. Give us some love. Give us some likes, please. As you listen to us worldwide, anytime, on RadioJustice.org. I'm Angela Birdsong. Once again, thank you for allowing me to share this special experience of Conversation Peace on Radio Justice LA Morning Wake Up Call with you. Remember to be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be brave, be courageous, and let all that you do be done with love.